we don't spend a lot of time on, on Thanksgiving. And for a few weeks, we're going to look at some verses in Scripture. The Bible talks a lot about being thankful, and we'll look at that. And then we'll get into our Christmas season. Um, there's a movie that's coming out, put on by Sight and Sound, and it'll be in the movie theaters, and it's based on the song, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. I'm going to kind of do a series on that, and also we'll put a link on our website on going to that movie. That song is phenomenal, and the history behind the song, which the movie will be about, uh, really applies to what we're dealing with today. It was written during the Civil War, a time when America was divided. It didn't seem peaceful, sound familiar. And so looking at Christmas and Mary and Joseph and the wise men and all the others, that they were in those times too, and that we can have even when it doesn't feel like peace on earth and goodwill towards men, that we can have that through Christ. So those are the things that are going to be coming up and look forward to. We've got one more week. I have said this every week. You really need to chew on this section of Scripture that we've been going over. You can't say, I don't know. Philippians 4, verses 4 through 9, is a practical way to live the Christian life. And you need to dig in on it. You need to spend some more time on it. I do, I do too, because I know it. But a lot of times I'll go away from it. But we started with our joy needs to be in Christ. And then our peace needs to be godly, not based on our circumstances. And then godly living. And if we're going to live godly, live the way he wants us to, it starts with our mind and our thoughts and our thinking. And it's what we're going to be talking about today. And so what I like to see you do i mean spend some time on this in the next few weeks and months and this scripture today you need to go down and make your own personal list based on these words and you need to do a word study i'm going to give you and you got eight points today so we're going to get out i've got a place to go afterwards so i won't keep you too long but (laughs) you've got eight points spilling out the word thoughts and i'm going to go really slow and this clock is broken here that's on this pulpit so we're going to have fun today, but yeah, I know I'm going to be the day when I see something on there, a big old LED light, and okay, whatever, but um, we have to choose to think on worldly things and to think in worldly ways or to think in godly ways. Your action step today says think godly thoughts. Think godly thoughts. Nobody would want our thoughts to be broadcast so everyone could I would be in so much trouble, and I wouldn't be standing here before you, not because I'm any more horrible than you, but I thank God when, somebody, when my mouth stays shut and I can deal with the thoughts and seek his forgiveness on, well, I shouldn't have thought that. But what would it be like today? How acceptable would your thoughts be if people knew them? I just felt that one. None of us would be able to sit here. And those of us that are sarcastic, we would be in really trouble, okay? But, but we need to think godly thoughts. And so your points spell out the word thoughts. And yeah, pack a lunch, not really. But having the peace of God starts with our need to clean up our thinking. And we clean up our thinking by finding our, our mind, filling our mind with positive thoughts and focusing our attention on this excellent model that we're going to look on. We need to dwell on the commands to think properly about the Christian life, and we need to evaluate, we need to consider our thoughts, we need to calculate our thoughts. It all starts, sin starts with a thought. Jesus said it clearly. If you lust after a woman, you have already committed adultery. 
If you hate somebody, you've already committed murder. Every sin starts with a thought. And so this is why we need to have the mind of Christ, those of us that know Christ. We're, con- we're going to consider the qualities here and what it means to think a godly life, to be transformed. And you can't even begin to scratch the surface on this if you don't know Christ. And you and see, when you realize you're a sinner, you believe he died for you and rose from the dead, and, and you accept his payment in your life, then you receive the Holy Spirit that gives you the power to begin to be renewing your mind daily, transforming. And good luck, because we're all struggling with us that know Jesus with the Holy Spirit, because we have to listen to obedience, and it's, it's just this constant connection and walk. But there's no way you can do it without being saved and transformed and filled with the Holy Spirit. And it takes us thinking on what is true. We're going to get into that in a minute, and, and we know that that's the Word of God. We've got to focus on the Word of God. The psalm that Stephen sang today is based on Psalms 103.12, as far as the, God has cast our transgressions as far as the east is from the west. And I've talked about this before. You can walk west forever and never stop walking west. You can walk east forever and never stop walking east, unless you're in Antarctica, and that's just a really weird thing because everything's pointing north except for one little area. I saw it the other day. Don't ask me why. Okay, but... Um, But here's the deal. That means he's cast it. He's forgotten it. Don't Google that yet. Google it after church. It's kind of weird, but it's cool. Okay? Uh, But we're going to look at seven virtues, areas of thought, and they're all ways to walk, to honor, to worship God daily. So I'm just going to go over it. You need to unpack this in the next few weeks. Not because the pastor said it, but we can't whine that, we struggled with the Christian life when, why, ha, why has God led me to this in most of my life? Do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for what He already has done. Philippians 4.6 Because I struggled with worry and focusing on things that I didn't need to, and He gave me the whole process of what to do. Instead of worry, pray. And it's a command, not a suggestion. So let's look at verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any moral excellence or if there's anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. That word dwell means think on. We'll get into that in a minute. But he says, finally, this is the climax of Philippians. He's saying, I've told you all this. I'm in prison. You guys are struggling. You're being persecuted. You're dealing with false teachers, all these things, division. And finally, he's saying, the simple, practical ways to continue to experience the peace of God. And he says, and look at who he's talking to, brothers and sisters. Nobody is a child of God until they receive Christ and are adopted into the family of God. You are a creation of God. You are not junk, and he sent his son to redeem you. But when you receive a salvation, you become a child of God. So he's talking to believers, and he's telling them to focus on whatever is true. That means genuine. That means based on the word of God. Jesus said in John 14, 6, on the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. So Jesus is the, the base of our truth. Uh, John 8, 32, he says, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. See how it works? Jesus is the only truth. And when you know Jesus as personal Savior and follow him as Lord, then you are living in freedom. 
Psalms 119, uh, uh, 119.11, Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against God. And then 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us that all Scripture is God-breathed and useful for instruction and for life. So we've got to focus on God's Word. You're doing it today. But how about the rest of the week? It's not about being like me. You don't want to be like me. Don't say anything out loud either, okay, sarcastic. But what I'm saying is I'm supposed to lead in the example, not because I've gone to school or I'm blessed to study the Bible for what I do, we need to have a biblical worldview. We are being told everything and anything, and we're getting encringed on, and then there's spiritual false teachers telling you this, and it sounds good, and yet we're not focused on who Jesus is from the Bible and his work. Needs, your life as a Christian needs to be, I'm going to see everything through what the Bible says. I'm going to be on the foundation of Jesus Christ and his word, which is truth. So the real, the genuine, based on God's word, we need to be thinking on the word. We need to be meditating on the word. So your first fun, we need to think godly. If we're going to think godly, we need to think true thoughts, true thoughts based on God's word um, and the mind of Christ. See how it works? I become a Christian, have the Holy Spirit. I have a habit of regularly studying his word, not just at Sunday school, not when Pastor Russell preaches before I go to sleep, but, uh, but in your daily life being in the word of God. And so godly thoughts based on, godly, on God's word are holy thoughts. Look at the next thing. What, uh, whatever is honorable, that means worthy. That means highly accepted. That means noble. Um, we don't see that a lot in movies and stuff like that. And I don't care if you're a geek or not, but one of the reasons I like The Lord of the Rings is because you see nobility. You see people doing noble, high things, sacrificial things in that story. Now, that's just a story, but we see that in reality in what Jesus did, and agape, the fact of sacrificial love. And this is a holy, set-apart love. And, and all, all this is based on God's word, and all of God's word is honorable. What God says is for our good. And he chooses to do that. Your next fill-in, thinking godly thoughts means that we think honorable thoughts. How many times our thoughts aren't that honorable? But again, if you were to ask people what the word honor means today, they'd be all over the map. Let me help you. Anything honorable is a godly thought. And that means that it goes with his word and who God is in the Bible. This is your definition. You see how it works? You base all these things off what the written word of God says and, who, and what we know about God. Honorable thoughts are right thoughts. Notice the next one. He says, whatever is just. That means right, righteous. That means whatever is in perfect harmony with who God is. You know when you're when you're fixing something or building something, and, we, and, and Jesus talked about it, uh, I mean, it was talked about in the prophecies about God has a plumb line and he's measuring these things up, and, and we all know what happens when we don't have right angles and things when we're building and things topple, and it's just like the house that's not built upon the rock but on the sands. When the, the things of life hit, and if it's not built on 
right angles on God's righteousness and on his word, right thoughts. And you got in society, everybody's like, they're, they're trying to get to your heartstrings. They're trying to get to your emotions. And God created our emotions. But we can't lead with our emotions. There have been so many times you've known what's right, but it didn't feel right. We need to think right thoughts. Not what, oh, but God wouldn't do that, or there's no way, or I know this person, and they're nice, and everybody's basically good. That's a load of something. I'm trying not to cuss, okay, because I'll get in trouble, and I'll have to be a deacon's meeting. But anyway, but you see what I'm saying? That's a, no, go to Jeremiah. Jeremiah says that the heart is evil and desperately wicked. There's nobody good. We were made good. Sin ruined it. Jesus had to come. And when you receive Jesus, he's not looking. God, when he's talking to you, he's not looking at you. He's looking at you, but he's looking at what Jesus did. And he loves you so much that he wants to reconcile that. And so, you know what? You need to test your thoughts. Because even when I'm trying to do right thoughts, there's a little bit of what I want in there. And again, I'm not mad at anyone, but we, our level in society as Christians has lowered so much on our thinking and what we've allowed. And your pastors have experienced that too. When God has put me with lost people, I build relationships with them, I like them, and, and I care about them. But guess what? They're still lost and they're going to hell just like I was. Right thinking says, yes, they're redeemable, but no, they still need me to save them. See what I'm saying here? But so many ways in, in Christian society today, we have stopped right thinking. I mean, we see it in the things that so-called churches have allowed and so-called ministers have allowed. Well, we've got to change with culture. Well, the Bible I read, we're not talking about, you know, clothing, which modesty is the rule. We are talking about things that anatomically God has not changed. Just using that as an example, right thinking. We are to think on, on matters that are consistent with God's right and righteous behavior. Thinking godly means thinking pure. And here's your next feeling, only right thoughts. Only right thoughts. And again, see how this is all connected? How are you going to know what godly thoughts are if you're not in his word? And it doesn't mean you're studying 50 hours a week, but you need to have a consistent habit of having time with God, knowing his word. I've said it consistently, but the scriptures I've learned, I never learned to show off. I learned because it was things I was struggling with. And so we need to be in God's word. We need to, that I might not sin against God, that I can think I know what's right because I've been in his word and I know what his word says. Because the world is whispering in your ear, and telling you, well, come on. Satan's big thing that he did with Adam and Eve, that he did with Jesus, is this. Did God really say that? Did God really mean that? Would God really do that? Let's go back to the Word and leave it for what it is. Right thinking. Thinking godly thoughts are, are, are right thoughts, and right thoughts lead to pure thoughts. Notice the next thing. Whatever is pure, holy, morally clean, undefiled, spotless, wholesome, Hopeful. Now, this week, your homework, you need to go back in these words. Most of you have Bibles or 
or apps that you can look up what it means, and I've shared what it means, but you need to make your own list of what can I think on when these false thoughts come in. I'm going to give you an example at the end if it, if it worked and stuff of one of the things on my list. But each one of these words, you need to think of something. It may be a picture on your phone. Oh, that's a bad thought. I need to switch to this. Oh, that's great. That's pure. Everybody's different here. You know, it's always good for me to look at a picture of my grandkids, seeing them smiling or whatever. You need to make your list on those things that, that, that's just a pure thought. That's just a clean thought. That's something I can focus on. And you might say, well, shouldn't I be thinking on Jesus? Yeah, but God gave us this whole world and he gave us things to enjoy. And we need to think on pure, holy, hopeful, spotless, wholesome things. 1 John 3, 3 says this, And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Thinking on those pure things. We need to be pure because uh, Christ is pure, and Christ is our pure hope. Your next feeling, godly thoughts are ultimately pure thoughts. Again, as you're making your list, what, what are those just clean things I can think on? when I'm challenged with this, that I may struggle with in an area, or whatever. Pure thoughts lead to loving thoughts. See how it all just stacks upon each other? Whatever is lovely. I don't know that we use the word, that's lovely. You know, probably some of us might get punched if we did that, okay? But, or they might think we're being sarcastic, which you don't know that. But lovely, what is sweet? What is gracious? What is generous? What is patience? What is kind? What is pleasing? There are some people that are like that, that they're just a gracious individual and, and, you know, just a sweet person, something innocent. It's not like you're thinking on individuals, but there's too much stuff in starting with Jesus as far as gracious. There's too much stuff in our life that that's just sweet. It's pure. It's sweet. It's gracious. Boy, that person is patient. I can think of individuals in my life throughout my years that describe this, you know, Whatever is pleasing. It's that 1 Corinthians 13 verses uh, 4, 5, 7, and 8, you know, four, uh, that says this. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Is not boastful. Is not arrogant. Is not rude. Is not self-seeking. I don't like this one. It's not irritable. It does not keep a record of wrongs. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never ends, but as for prophecies, they will come to an end, and tongues, they will cease, and for knowledge, it will come to an end. 1 Corinthians 13, there's a good list. That's a whole other thing that you can do is go through there whatsoever, you know, thinking on those things and a description of what love is not, you know. Things that are lovely. You know, make that on your list. Focus our thoughts on what is pleasing, attractive, uh, uh, before God, loving. Again, this is going to take some time, but it's worth it. Thinking godly thoughts can, and, and your next fill-in, excuse me, means thinking godly, loving thoughts. For some of you, that's a struggle because you may have been thought that, well, God doesn't love me, and he just puts up with me, and that's a lie from the pit of hell. Because he doesn't need us. He chooses to save us. He chooses to have a relationship with us. He cares about us. 
So again, if we're focusing on God's word, we know that that's not what his word says. His word says that he's a loving God. And so we need to think godly, loving thoughts. And you can only do that by being in his word and looking at the things that he's put in front of you that are clean, pure, and loving. Loving thoughts are good thoughts. And so he goes on, whatever is commendable. You know, that means well spoken of. Sounds good. Uh, doesn't leave a grit or residue in your mouth or in your thoughts. Um, what, what, you need to ask the question, if my... <laughs> I would be in so much trouble. I, I, I just try to share with you all because you're all just as bad. And she's not going to say anything about it. And I'm supposed to set an example of that we struggle with this and through the Holy Spirit. But what would happen, these are the kind of thoughts that you could speak them. I didn't say speak your mind. It's funny when people say the things I'm thinking and I didn't say it, but I'm, part of me in my flesh is like, I'm glad they said it. <laughs> okay, but, but these are thoughts that you could speak. They're, you know, your next fill-in, they're hearable thoughts. I'd make sure that was a word. My wife had to check that, but it is. Hearable thoughts. Let's, oh, Pastor, you're meddling now. Because <laughs> I don't think there's much thoughts other people could hear. Well, what does that say about us? What does that say about our thought life? And again, guys, they think, well, you leave here, I'm the worst person in the world. You're saved by God's grace. You're as saved as you're ever going to be. You're, you're loved and you're a child of God. But what are we doing setting here? Are we going to know God more than when we started? And so he wants us to work on these things. Every sin starts with a thought. How hearable are your thoughts? I've got to put a check there and work on that one. Thoughts that can be heard out loud are proper high thoughts. And that leads us to, he goes on there, if there's any moral excellence, that it's virtuous in thought, in feeling, in action. Here's the problem in our society. We're calling evil good and good evil. And we're tainting what virtue means. And you know what? I believe God made women and men. And I I believe that you know, in his eyes, we're equal. We're different. It, we, they complement each other. But us, us being virtuous, us being kind to each other, be in, in our thoughts and in our actions, we can't go by the world's definition of virtue. Because the world's definition of virtue is anything goes, leave me alone. And be kind about it. But virtue says there's a God with a standard and you are not junk and I'm going to treat you with honor. And I may tell you the truth of God's word when he tells me to, but I'm still going to treat you with honor. I'm still going to do the right thing when nobody's around and I could get away with it. I.e. Walmart and all of our part-time job of self-checking. Okay, And I don't do it, but the fact of the amount of people that, my goodness, you get away... We're on, well, you shouldn't do it anyway. But the amount of stuff, the amount of stuff you could uh, have a five-finger discount at Walmart because you're self-checking and it just happened to be under my cart. Pastor hasn't thought about it, but he's heard other people have done it in the church, not in the church. But, <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? Virtue. Well, nobody was hurt. They're big enough. They're just using an example. We need to do what's right because we have a relationship with God. People need to see true virtue. So it starts with a thought life. 
In other words, you know, in my feelings and in my actions, are they the highest, the purest thoughts is what that virtue is talking about. And so your next feeling, thinking godly thoughts, means thinking truly awesome thoughts. Godly thoughts. Why did you say awesome? Because you're from the 80s? Maybe. But Mitch taught me this. That word awesome, none of you are awesome. He didn't say that, but he probably would. I'm not awesome. But guess who the word awesome is, is reserved for? God. And so virtuous thoughts are those high thoughts, those godly thoughts, those pure thoughts, those clean thoughts. And he's, he's kind of summarizing all that there. Thinking godly thoughts all have a standard to follow. They can be summarized by, by, uh, by anything that is praiseworthy. Notice the next part. He says, any excellence, and if there's anything praiseworthy, anything. You know, when I married my wife, I'd never been exposed to musicals, okay? <laughs> had, a, had managed to not, I don't know why it's a Christmas movie, but the Sound of Music. And I do like it. I do like the songs. I think it's pretty creative. But there's that one song, my list of my favorite things. And this is what we're talking about here. Guys, your homework this week is to go back here, define each one of these words, and make your own personal list. Because some of you on one of these things, oh, I can think about my cat. Well, that's not going to help me praise God in my thought life, but it might help you. Because it's pure and they just help me and they're not ripping my throat out in the middle of the night. Okay, but I'll think on my dog. Okay, but you see what I'm saying? You say, this is silly to make my list, but Satan is attacking all of us. And God gave us these things in our life, and it's time to get real that we think on these things. Things that are praiseworthy. You know? And, and it's not just things God's created, but what He has done. Of good repute, highly regarded uh, in thought, and worthy, commendable, admirable. And you're saying these sound like the same thing. Well, yeah, they are. They're all godly, God-approved things according to his word. And we can't take the back seat, guys. I started thinking about the people that God's put in my life, that they're, they're lost and they're hard nuts. And I, we need to be on guard that guess what? Satan doesn't want to get them to save. So he's not going to lay down because a minister or a Christian is part of their lives and say, well, I'll just let you have them. We have got to watch our thought life because one, it will lead us into sin if we don't, and it will put us on the bench for our testimony, and every sin starts with a thought. So this, is your, this section of Scripture is your survival. This is your, this is your thing, and... and you got to do the homework. I'm going to redo my list. I'm going to make an effort to, for me, put the pictures on my phone or whatever it is. Because each of these thoughts we're tempted in, and it'll stall. We're saved, but it'll stall our witness. It'll get us bound up over here when we need to be walking towards God. Highly regarded, well thought of, commendable, admirable, Think on praiseworthy things, godly things. And so your last one here, godly thoughts are superb thoughts. They're praiseworthy thoughts, not that, well, I'm so glad you thought of that. I'm praising you. Know that you're praising God. Things to thank him for. As we, and it's kind of interesting. After next week, we're going to look at Thanksgiving and the Psalms and all those things. Creation, 
all that is good. Yes, the fall broke things, and we, and we see that. I don't know if they got this picture. Is the picture on there? You got it? Yep. All right, thanks. Because we had like, okay, it's kind of, it's not their fault, but one of the largest, but somebody came out, and they had a drone, and we went all over the farm, and and took pictures of all the farm, and now I'm really paranoid about the government spying on us because when I saw what that drone can do, it's like, okay, yeah, the conspiracies are real, people. Okay, but if you hear a little buzzing sound and you can't see it, you're probably being watched, okay? All right, or whatever that sound was in the back, we're probably being, okay. But here's the deal. Yeah, we all heard it. Okay, but it's a little fuzzy. I can show you some better ones, but he came, and, the, and our house is down there, and the colors are just gorgeous, and the sun. You know what? This is going in my list. Whatsoever is pure. Whatsoever is holy. Whatsoever is praiseworthy. I thanked God that I had a beautiful day. I thank God that somebody wanted to do that. It's just they enjoy doing it. I, I thank God that I have eyes to see that. You see what I'm saying? That's part of my list. Whatsoever is praiseworthy. Yes, I get it. Jesus is top. I'm saved. I don't like what I'm going through, but I've got your peace and you're my joy. But guys, if we don't aim at this, you wonder why you're bogged down in sin and you wonder why you're always thinking of worldly things because you're not in the Word. You're not realizing that your sin. Why did one of the first verses I learned was 2 Corinthians 10.5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against God and putting every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Yeah, that's a $5 verse to learn. It's got a lot of stuff in there, but you know what I see? I imagine Christ, whenever I have a thought, I imagine him at the gate of my mind, and I ask the question, is this acceptable to you? And if he says yes, I let it in. If he says not, now, okay, I just had that thought. Now what do I do with it? I just got to be strong and, and ignore it. No, that's what this list is for. I better go to my whatsoever list. And you know what? Not to show off. It would be great to, you sh if you want to share those. Hey, here's my whatsoever list. You know? But guys, I want to get to the practicality of the fact of he didn't just say just tough it up and deal with it. You've got to replace, you've got to stop it and replace it with whatsoever is true, whatsoever is holy, whatsoever is honorable, whatsoever is commendable, whatsoever is excellent, whatsoever is praiseworthy. Dwell, think on these things. Honestly, it's not about your pastor doing a whirlwind great sermon. But if you think none of us struggle with this, you're lying, so there you go. Okay, you know what I'm saying? This is the biggest where it starts. I'm not saying that some of you may not have as many, but we all have wrong thoughts that we've got to focus on the whatsoevers. Make a list. You've got to be saved first, so we're going to have a time of invitation here in a moment. You can come forward and receive Christ. But for most of us, you need to take a long look this week and start on your whatsoever list. You may need to hit this altar today and just ask God to help you with that thought life. You may need to be in accountability, you know, on the fact of it's not talking to everybody, but somebody that you trust that, look, I've been struggling with this, and this is where my weak area is, and I just want to let you know, and if I text you, will you pray for me? Whatever it is. Are you thinking godly thoughts? Because godly thoughts lead to right actions. 
As we stand on our feet, whatever we need to do today, let's be obedient to God. Lord, I ask that you speak to our hearts and help us to be obedient to you. In your name, Jesus, amen.